all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. We also want to thank our latest national sponsor, Veteran Lending Council. It is a community dedicated to educating lenders, realtors, and veterans on the VA Home Loan Benefit Program. You can check them out on Facebook and other social media outlets. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio, Caroline Haskins. She is a senior reporter at Business Insider, where she covers artificial intelligence, data collection, and surveillance. She previously was a reporter at BuzzFeed News. Uh, Caroline, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's always interesting to talk to somebody where their intersection of uh, experience and expertise, like yours, intersects with uh, intersects with the uh, veterans world. And you wrote mm-hmm. a piece that caught my eye about a uh, program that uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs has been using called ID.me since 2019 as part of a $32 million contract. But a lot of federal agencies use ID.me. But you wrote kind of a, on this focus on how's it being received and what's going on at uh, VA. And uh, just for our audience so that they know, uh, Caroline's a graduate of uh, NYU. And uh, those horns in the background are probably, uh, you hear uh, beeping, are probably from the streets of New York. <laughs> Yeah, apologies for that. <laughs> I a, wish I could stop the traffic. Not a problem. Well, well, let me start with this, because maybe there are some people who haven't bumped into ID.me. Why don't you start and tell us what ID.me is about? So the idea with ID.me uh, is that it's an identity verification service. So it's something that a government agency or a private company could attach to your website when you're trying to log in or make an account somewhere. Uh, And the idea is to basically verify that you are who you say you are. So say in the case of uh, the Veterans Affairs contract, say you're trying to log into your VA.gov account, or say you're trying to send an inquiry to the Ask VA hotline, 
the VA is going to ask you to first verify uh, your identity with IDME. So plug in your name, your address, and then they'll ask you to upload documents like driver's license, social security card, passport, um, and also take, uh, well, actually in the case of the VA, the VA contract doesn't ask uh, users to do this, but in other contracts, it will ask users to upload a selfie. Um, and then people over at IDME will uh, verify that the documents are fake or not fake. Um, and so the idea is that, you know, VA.gov is not infiltrated with a lot of people that aren't veterans or what have you. Um, but what I wrote about and the issue that uh, a lot of people are, are encountering. Well, is before that hang, hang on, before we yeah. jump into that, I want to because yeah. we talked about this a little offline, and that is this starts with the best of intentions, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, IDME uh, CEO and founder is a, a gentleman by the name of Blake Hall. He's an Army Ranger, um, and the story that the company puts out is how this all got started. Is he watched a military veteran display their DD two fourteen? and have to provide information just to get a military discount. And, and it just seemed to him that this was exposing personal information with a, was risky and unnecessary. And all of us uh, here on Veterans Radio understand, yeah, your DD-214 has a lot of personal information on it that you don't want in the hands of the wrong guy. So here, here uh, we start with a really good idea. Let, let's make sure... Um, it, it truly is a veteran or this person truly is who they say they are. But um, uh, then, <laughs> unfortunately, as things often do, it, it isn't as smooth and as perfect as the original idea. And that's where you were starting to hear about complaints. So, so tell us about that. Right. So like you mentioned, IDME started out with sort of the purpose of helping uh, veterans, uh, especially, uh, also nurses, students, and and other populations get get discounts without presenting sensitive documents. But then IDME got this contract with the VA, and then starting in 2020, it also got um, a surge of other contracts from state unemployment offices, the IRS, um, and basically, there's a two pronged issue. Um, one, a lot of people are having trouble getting verified with IDME. So for whatever reason, maybe they make a typo, maybe there's a system error, uh, maybe they, you know, there's a number of different issues that could happen, but they can't get verified with IDME. And the second part of it is that when you're dealing with customer support, there's often a backlog that goes back many, many months. Um, and in the case of, uh, Veterans Affairs, um, when I first heard about the IDME contract with the VA, I sent a public record request to the Veterans Affairs Department, and I asked for complaints that were sent to different uh, helplines that mentioned IDME. So I was hoping to get a sense of what the different issues were that veterans were encountering. And what I found was that a lot of people didn't have the technology to make it through the IDME verification process. A lot of people couldn't figure out how to use it because one problem that people were encountering is that IDME requires a smartphone or a camera, uh, a camera enabled computer um, 
or things like that. And so if you're not super tech savvy or if you don't have that technology or even if you have bad internet connection, you could suddenly have a barrier from not only logging into your IDME account, but accessing your records or applying for certain benefits. So a lot of the complaints that I saw were people saying, I can't get my GI Bill payments. Um, I'm not getting my disability payments and I can't make my rent. Um, there were a lot of complaints that were talking about uh, that were actually coming from caregivers. So people that were caring for older veterans or people who physically could not use the technology. And they were saying that IDME won't let me verify my grandfather. He physically can't use uh, this technology in order to make an account himself. We need to access his records in order to make decisions on his behalf. What do we do? So it was people encountering a number of technical and systematic issues with what IDME asks of users in order to have their identities verified, um, combined with a backlog that would go back months. Can, can so you people put in, would say, can, can yeah, you put in a very can, hard time getting in touch with somebody. Carolyn, can you put in context, like, VA doesn't require everybody to use IDME, but how many people do use IDME and, and sort of find themselves uh, at least potentially uh, facing this technology barrier? I would have to pull up the exact number that I had in my article because I don't know off the top of my head how many veterans are registered on IDME, but you're right that not every single veteran has to use IDME. Um, the point in which you would encounter it is if you're trying to log into your VA.gov account um, and access particular records. Um, it is one of the options in order to log into my health, my health EVET. So that would be one way of verifying your identity in order to log in and access your, med your medical records. Um, and a third place you could encounter it is uh, getting to the Ask VA hotline itself. So this is where I encountered a bit of an ironic issue because I sent this public record request hoping that I would get a sense of what people's complaints were about IDME that were being sent through this helpline. But what I quickly realized was that you had to have your identity verified in order to even ask a question. <laughs> so people were trying to log, were trying to ask a question saying, I can't get my, my identity verified with IDME. And then they would get an automatic response back saying, we can't answer your question because your identity hasn't been verified. So it becomes a circular issue where there's really no solution. And there were just dozens of, frankly, agonizing complaints to read where you're just seeing exactly what the problem is. And it's just a circular trap that a lot of people were stuck in. Yeah, I think I think you had identified about a million people logged into uh, VA uh, th through IDME in the last year, and about that sounds right. And about 700, 700 complaints in a two or three month span. Um, but the degree of frustration we've all faced this, where like the technology which is supposed to help you is only stopping you. The degree of frustration that you have when you run into this is just enormous, isn't it? And you probably read that got the sense of that enormity from reading the complaints. Yeah. Um, I'll say a lot of the complaints were 
were very difficult to read. And there were people that were sharing situations that they were in, in which they didn't have enough money to pay bills, in which they didn't know when their payments were coming back, in which they were caring for family members and were already in incredibly stressful situations and then had these additional technical burdens. Because that's really just a a big irony of this whole situation in which the VA instituted ID.me thinking maybe we can be more efficient in helping people because we're prioritizing people who have already had their identities verified, et cetera, et cetera. But then for a lot of people, it amounted to just another technical hurdle in an already frustrating problem. And sometimes those technical hurdles would be, I mean, insurmountable. Uh, well, and so many, I, so many veterans yeah. are, so many veterans are in an age category. Uh, your Vietnam veterans, for example, where, yeah, they're, no, I'll, I'll say we, <laughs> I'm old enough to mm-hmm. be here. Um, we're not the most technical savvy folk on the world. And, and if you keep giving me things to do and, and, and I can't get through them, it really gets frustrating. And I would have thought maybe a little more would have been focused on not asking or not requiring veterans who have either through age or TBIs or PTSD or mental health issues from going through the hassle of doing this. Did, did you get a sense that this was a certain segment of the veteran population that was so frustrated? Or really was it kind of all across the board, different age groups, different locations in the country? Um, I definitely saw a lot of complaints that were coming either from older veterans or representatives of them. But I did also see a decent amount of complaints that were coming from uh Younger people, parents, people who uh, were deployed in Iraq or Afghanistan, um, there was a little bit more variation than maybe than maybe I would have expected, although I didn't come into sending that public record request with um, with a ton of expectations. Well, but, the, well there's but, also yeah. there's also the homeless problem, right? There, I mean, how right. do you how do you ask a homeless vet? to use this type of technology to, to verify themselves when they're, they may well be at a public library doing this. Was it, or did you see that problem? Yeah. I mean, I saw cases where people claimed that they were homeless and I mean, just based off of the way that ID.me works, if you are homeless, you probably don't have access to a phone or computer of your own, and you may not even have access to the documents that they were looking for. Um, And if there are any issues with identity verification, they might say hop on a video call or in non-pandemic times, uh, they might give, you know, through a veterans run option. So not through ID.me. There could theoretically be an option of going to a veterans center and and identifying yourself that way. But if you can't travel due to either the pandemic or not having a mode of transportation, you're a bit stuck. And I definitely saw a lot of situations like that. The concern of this level of uh, information being put in the hands of a private entity on behalf of a public entity has raised concerns with different type of activist groups. And, and you talk about that a little bit in your article. 
in uh, Business Insider in February. Can you talk a little bit about what the the concerns you saw the activist groups express? Right. So there's a couple of different concerns from a pure privacy, having your incredibly sensitive uh, personal information and government documents in the hands of a private company sense. There are concerns and some people have said that this should be dealt with through the government itself. It should be the government verifying your identity and uh, not have them working through uh, third parties. One issue that I wrote about is the, this doesn't just apply to IDME, but the issue of law enforcement requests. So basically any company that has information about you will have something in their privacy policy explaining how or how they will deal with law enforcement requests for information. So let's say they get a warrant, a subpoena, a court order, or just a request from law enforcement informally to hand over information. The company will have to say what they do. And when I read IDME's policies, they were a bit unclear on that point. So that could be another concern on the basis of, you know, could law enforcement request sensitive information and on what basis and would I even know about it? Another concern comes from the point of view of facial recognition, which I'll clarify that the, the contract between the VA and IDME does not involve facial recognition, meaning veterans won't have to submit a selfie uh, in order to go through with that IDME process. But a number of other contracts that IDME has with unemployment offices and other parties do involve the use of facial recognition because they'll also ask people to submit a selfie. And IDME claims that they would only match that selfie to the documents that they submitted. But then um, some other journalists exposed the fact that they were also matching selfies to any other selfie that someone had submitted through IDME. So it wasn't just what they call one-to-one matching, document-to-document. It was one-to-many matching. So one face to a myriad of other faces that IDME may have collected, if that makes sense. So there's sort of a different set of concerns when it relates to privacy. So we're talking to Carolyn Haskins, who's a senior reporter at Business Insider, who's written on IDME and its uh, Department of Veterans Affairs contracted that's been around since 2019 and some of the problems which have arisen. And I think people probably, veterans who've been exposed to this or their family members have been frustrated and didn't maybe realize it was part of this larger issue. Um, And again, this is not to say IDME didn't start out with the purest of intentions and largely works in many instances. But Carolyn, I'm kind of interested either during the writing of the article or afterwards after it comes out and it starts rippling through the the wires, did IDME call you up and say, hey, you got it wrong? Or did VA contact you and say, hey, we want to give you our view on this? Um, What kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, IDME, I mean, anytime you write something that could touch upon a part of the company that is either an issue or not the most particularly flattering thing, they will usually reach out to you and ask for, well, I won't say all companies, but often companies that I've written about will ask you to uh, 
address certain points or ask you to reword things or things of that nature. And ID&E was no exception, but you know, the policy of Business Insider and most uh, journalistic uh, publications is that you won't correct something unless there is literally something factually wrong um, or something that was actually mistakenly misrepresented. So um, that did not happen with the uh, Veterans Affairs piece. Um, nothing's been changed or corrected. But um, but yeah, um, IDME did reach out and sort of... Um, ask about the article and ask for certain things to be changed or reworded, which is, which is pretty common. They would have liked it a a different light shined on it than that. Um, Did, did VA try to explain what's um, you know, why this is so good for veterans and good for the VA? I will say the VA's public affairs office was pretty helpful in answering my question. So the numbers that you cited earlier were actually ones that the VA provided to me when I asked them and when I reached out for comment. And I'll say that's actually not pretty common for you to say how many people have signed up or ask for numbers or data points directly and actually have the agency give them to you. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, they wouldn't clarify whether they were renewing the contract with IDME, which is set to expire. Actually, it was set to expire yesterday. So within the next couple of days, there will probably be a notice of whether that contract is being renewed or not. Um, I actually have no idea whether or not that's going to happen, but it's something that I am uh, keeping an eye on. But um, what the VA told me was along the lines of what I um, said before in terms of they introduced IDME as a measure in order to, you know, make sure that they were servicing people who had their identities verified um, and make sure that they were servicing people efficiently and things of that nature. So like you said, um, coming into it with good intentions, but, um, Obviously, there have been a lot of technical hurdles that have proven to be an obstacle for a lot of people. Well, you'd absolutely have to correct the problems of, you know, again, elderly veterans who can't do this. They may not have the technology available. They may not have the knowledge of technology, all of Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. They may not have high-speed Internet, whatever it might be. So you really have to, you know, there's something like 22 million veterans out there, even for the million who who have signed up and and the thousands who are struggling with it, uh, uh, ID me and VA kind of has to figure out how to work around those problems uh, and and make sure nobody's uh, held up in getting their payments and uh, because of what's really a technology issue. Um, that's it. That's that's what the problem is. It's a technology issue. I think. I think another thing, it is a technology issue, but I also, I think it's important to touch upon the fact that it's a scale issue as well. So IDME has actually been around for 12 years, but it has penned most of its government contracts within the past two years. So the VA contract started in 2019, and then the IRS, Arizona, and a number of other state unemployment uh agency contracts were signed in 2020 and in 2021. So suddenly you have this surge of people that are signing up for IDME. And even if IDME works most of the time and verifies people without issue most of the time, 
even if five to 10% of people are encountering an issue that is suddenly going to create a massive, massive backlog. And that's exactly what happened. It's what's happened with the VA and it's what's happened with a number of people trying to get unemployment payments and uh, things like that. Um, So like you said, it's a technology issue, but it's certainly been amplified by the scale of users that have suddenly flooded onto the platform within the past two years. Excellent point. Thanks for pointing that out to us. Uh, um, and again, we're talking to Carolyn Haskins, who's a senior reporter at Business Insider. Uh, she covers these technology issues uh, and uh, it has intersected with the v- veteran world. And that's why we wanted to have her on here to uh talk to the veteran radio listeners about something that maybe they haven't seen yet, but may, or maybe it's a problem that they have run into. Um, Carolyn, what do you think happens next? Uh, Obviously, you're waiting to hear if this gets renewed, Um, but I kind of suspect that this or something else is probably uh, in all of our futures, isn't it? It's, It's certainly possible that we'll see more identity verification services that may or may not involve biometrics, meaning like facial images, things like that. Um, IDME is an interesting example of a, uh, of a company that is, you know, dealing with, dealing with documents and dealing with government agencies and still um, having a lot of, having a lot of these issues. But um like uh, like I said, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the VA contract. I'll note that the IRS contract um, that IDME had was recently supposed to be more expansive, meaning everybody signing into IRS.gov was going to be required to have an IDME account when previously it primarily applied to people who were uh, trying to put in information online for the child tax credit. Um, But then after sort of a surge of media coverage, the IRS reassessed that contract and took a step back. So it's certainly possible that you'll see more agencies reassessing their relationships with IDME. But like you said, uh, this may not necessarily just be about IDME. Um, If it's not IDME, it could be another company. And so the questions that I think everybody's going to have to ask is, is this company credible? Are they doing their job appropriately? Are they protecting my information? Uh, Does it work? And is this providing a greater benefit in terms of security or what have you than the cost that it's taking in terms of an additional burden or an additional step for people to have to go through? Because that's Uh, that's ultimately the balance that a lot of agencies are trying to strike. Um, How much can we prevent fraud by having this contract with this company versus how many people are going to be really disadvantaged or really upset because this thing may not work a hundred percent of the time. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a perfect way to uh, bring this to conclusion, but also to frame the issue that, policymakers have to look at and, the, and that impact real life uh, for veterans. Carolyn Haskins, I want to thank you as a senior reporter at Business Insider for spending a little time with Veterans Radio today and explaining this uh, issue to our listeners. 
Of course, of course. Thank you for having me on again. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, NVBDC.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor. And the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. And the Veterans Lending Council, which advises lenders, realtors, buyers about VA Home Loan Program, and you can find them on Facebook. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time, you are dismissed.